0: Hey, hey, folks. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of Trost Talk. Today, I am joined by a special guest, uh, Pablo. He is an audio engineer. Uh, he also does some uh, music production and uh, creates some uh, music of his own on the side as well. Um you know, we dive into a little bit of UFC talk. I believe UFC 252 had just happened. and uh, But most of we are focused on audio engineering, his process, how he got into it. goes over um, some things that kind of could enlighten some people. Maybe if you're getting into it, he could answer some questions you may be having. But other than that, I hope you enjoy the episode. And uh, please subscribe to the show either on uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcast. Thank you thought liked the fights though too like well why wasn't he there trying to watch it
1: we were all we were trying to watch a fight but he was just like we were just hoping that the lightning was gonna win and then it would be liddy there in tampa you know like, yeah was, but no dude he just he was like just chilling watching the watching the uh the because he's a hockey man like you know
0: yeah Good boy he so i got a chance to we we just ordered it here um i was gonna try and stream it because there's like a place like right now where i'm watching football i just illegally stream everything um i got a pretty good site that does that so i got to watch most of the fights um i the big one was block blockovich the guy who uh fought uh reyes oh yeah Dude. So I put money on that fight. I, 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 you and I were talking before, um, some earlier in the week. So when we were talking, I was like, you know, I think Reyes is going to win this. And then I just was fucking around on my betting app and I was like, you know what? Like he's got really heavy, like underdog odds. It was like a good decent payout. I'm like, I'll just throw 50 bucks in there, see what happens. And I was like, I don't think he's going to win, but I'm like, he's like a plus, it was like a plus two forty payout. And I was like, all right, so they start hearing like people talk like Brendan Schaub and all them talk about this guy and they're like and I see highlights of him, and the dudes just got heavy power and I started liking my bet more and more as it went on because I was like more I started seeing this dude and I was like, you know, he's not like I know he almost beat John Jones Reyes and, and arguably I would say did beat John Jones. personal opinion i think he beat john jones i I, I do i i was sitting there and i was like i don't know how they're gonna give this to john jones and then he got a a unanimous decision but still i was like I, i thought he won that but the more i started to see the fight and i was like you know i just think this isn't a good fight for reyes because i was like the thing is, is he's almost just like John Jones, but John Jones is nothing like this, uh, the Polish hammer guy. He because this dude's just all power. Like this dude has more power than John Jones. He he, he has like heavyweight power, dude. This man, when I say broke, <laughs> Reyes, Dominique Reyes, bro, he busted his nose so far. It's like his nose at the end of the fight was like two inches to the other side. And we were watching it, and he came in with a left hand, and like you see the moment where he just busts his nose to the side, and I was like shit. And then, he, and then he hits him with a left hook on. He hits him with a left hook um, on his temple, and Reyes just like collapses and just yeah, it was gnarly, bro. It was a, TKO or it
1: was a KO. What? It was a TKO.
0: Yeah, I think it was technically – I think they technically gave him a TKO, but, I mean, he, like, dropped – he hit him, dropped him, and then he – Reyes, like, fell – like, crawled back a few and then trying to, like, gather him, and then the guy just got on top of him, gave gave him two quick strikes to the head, the ref stopped it. It Yeah. Yeah, it was – so it was technically a TKO, I think, but, like, he – yeah, man, he – you could just tell throughout the fight, like, Reyes was – he was quick and he was faster on a lot of strikes and he could get a good combo but like this guy I, and i keep, I'm, I know I'm probably saying his name wrong but it's I'm to, uh it's Blockov Blockchovic I think yeah. his name is but this dude what like they're making it seem like Reyes was going to dance circles around him this dude was athletic too like this dude could move for his size and then he just had and this is where I was like, I knew he was going to win. It was at the start of the fight, they were talking about him. And he's like in that, you know, that old Soviet, like Eastern Germany <laughs> type of, right. That, and he's just like, um, he, he goes, yeah, I love fighting Southpaws. And I was like, all right, Reyes doesn't stand a chance.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <don't get laughs>
0: yeah. So it was a good fight. And then, uh, and you said you got a chance to catch the Israel fight, right?
1: I got home at the crib. I turned it right on, and he was they were both coming out right then, so I saw the whole thing it wasn 't long, obviously, but yeah yeah dude that 's crazy he was i mean dude the counter striking that he has is just unbelievable he, he he times his his parries and his striking so well that it's just <sighs> he 's a problem dude and and they call him the style bender for a reason bro he 's so unorthodox, like the way that he does stuff is just <sighs> it's movement nuts just straight nuts that's actually crazy though i I really wish i could have saw more of the fights because i don't care about hockey at all i would rather watch the whole i'm the type of person i watch the whole like i'll watch the preliminaries bro like i'll watch the prelim fights and then i'll watch the other like i I bro I, i just started watching it probably honestly like not too long ago like three three years ago i probably got into it pretty heavy when i started school like college and shit and then um yeah, and then after that, I started watching boxing. I'm not heavy in boxing as much as the UFC. Like, I'll watch UFC. I'll watch any, yeah. any. But boxing, I'm a little bit more um, like picky, or, or whatever you want to say. Like, I'll only watch like certain people, like the big fights. Dave, dude, Davis, Javante Davis, bro. Oh my goodness, you ever watch him fight boxing?
0: Um, I don't think I've ever watched him, but I know who he is. He's like the small. He's like a small little black dude, right? Little power house
1: bro he has the craziest left hook and left uppercut ever like it's so fast but bro he'd be putting everybody. i've out. heard of him
0: because i know a lot of people want him in lomachenko to fight i think
1: yep, that and then they want the garcia fight they uh yeah want to, uh fucking ryan garcia or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah dude, want that fight to happen really bad but like i don't you know money and everything because uh davis is is under mayweather promotion so you know yeah it's, got to get the bag on any fight you know
0: yeah i knew so yeah so i knew who he was i've never seen a fight of his so i don't know what he really brings like i don't really know his style but i do know from just like some short readings that like yeah they they really want him to fight lomachenko and ryan garcia and then i think there's another guy out there too who's uh like a little shorter pound for pound guy too that they really want them all to fight but i think from what i've heard is lomachenko's they they say it's probably the best pound for pound out there right now
1: See, so like i said i'm not huge i don't know boxing as well as i know ufc i don't know ufc that well either but yeah i've seen i've seen highlights of
0: lomachenko bro. yeah that's that's the best i know of him too is i the it, it's just odd to see him like he, he fights kind of like how um it's super unorthodox, kind of just like how Israel Adesanya was, where, I mean, from the highlights that I watched of Lomachenko, it's like he's hitting you in one spot, and then next thing you know, he's to another side of you, and then he's just popping you with a combo there. And then he's on the other side of you again, and he's popping you with a combo there. He kind of just he, – he literally just moves circles around you and just starts hitting you everywhere, and you're all, damn. But he's just – I've never seen a fighter from – high. I, highlights that i've seen like i've never seen a fighter move that quick side to side it's almost like actually it's like mike tyson like you know those videos where mike tyson's training somebody and you see him he's literally jumping from side to side it's like that but smaller guy what
1: i said mike tyson's old bro he's like
0: 56 or something
1: looks like I. that man's a bad man
0: yeah i i still wouldn't Get paid. I still would never get into the ring with him, even at this age right now. Absolutely
1: not, dude. What I was gonna I say? No, you know, he's about to fight. Uh, uh, Roy Jones. Roy
0: Jones. Jr. Roy Jones, though, ain't no slouch. Roy Jones is a no. fucking man.
1: No, for sure. I think everybody is is saying Mike Tyson is a problem. They're really like cutting Roy Jones Junior. out, but I don't know, man. It's gonna be a good fight. I'm definitely gonna be watching that.
0: The thing is, is I don't know how Mike Tyson. While he's gone through phases, but he was like. He, I don't know. I just – I don't know how serious Roy Jones got into training. And, like, Mike Tyson, before these fights were going, like, he was training for, like, three months, yeah. where I think Roy Jones is, like, now just starting to train. Yeah. And so, I, I, I don't know. I, it, it, it'd be interesting. Um, but I think back in the day, those two fighting would have been a great fight, would have been an incredible fight.
1: Yeah, no, I know what
0: you mean. I think it'll be fun as, like, a nostalgic thing right now, but, you know.
1: I, I'm wondering, like, is, is Tyson trying to, like, come back? Or is is this just like a, you know, like, I'm trying to do a fight or two and then just stay stay put again, you know what I mean? Or is he, like, trying to make – So, it
0: from, I, I listened to him on Joe Rogan. He kind of explains it, and he goes, you know, his whole thing was basically, like, right now I don't know, but I, all I'm focused on is this fight. We'll see what happens after this. I just want to do this fight. This is all going to charity. So we, yeah. And so, you know, I think this is like, I think he maybe, it's like that Rocky movie where he's like, I still got stuff in the basement. Like, <laughs> like that's, what, that's what's going on. So I think he just has some demons he has to let out. And what a better guy to fight than Roy Jones Jr. So. Yeah, I feel that. You know. At least now, even though it's not in their heyday and it's they're not even professionals anymore, it still kind of gives fans a, oh, at least we got to see the fight we always wanted to see. Oh, yeah.
1: So, I know you saw, uh, you definitely had to see what the the, uh, the co-main event is. You know who's fighting the co-main event? Uh-uh. Bro. <laughs> Nate Robinson.
0: and uh, oh, oh, that's right. Jake Paul or whatever, like some YouTube sensation guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did hear about that, actually. That's so funny. I, I don't know anything about this Jake Paul guy. I know, like, he's a big – he w- made it famous through Vine and, like, YouTube and stuff like that. Um, I know he's kind of, like, an outlandish guy. Yeah. But Nate Robinson, the reason I would say Nate Robinson, he's just a professional athlete. There's just a difference. Like no
1: – difference.
0: It's just a big difference. Like, he, he, is, a, he is a professional athlete, probably could have gone pro – uh, in football too, I think mean, he had D one scholarships in uh, football, and probably could have gone pro in football. I mean, it, he's just gonna win. It's just yeah, there's no question about it. Yeah, but
1: I see, I don't know. I don't, I've never seen Nate Robinson fucking box either, so I don't. Uh, he's pro- he's what he think
0: he is What you think he is? He's just a small, quick guy. Um, he's probably got a lot of power too. He's like a little bowling ball, so. For his size, he's probably got a lot of power. Um, But but I wanted to get back to that Israel fight. So, yeah, I mean, what was kind of interesting was Paolo almost looked like he he just didn't know like it was interesting because this is the way i looked at it is he knew he was like look i can't just run in there you know head down and start swinging because he knew that's like you saw him like he wasn't super aggressive like oh. at all you look at his highlights into you know, what you saw last fight like mm-hmm. not this he looked like a totally good fighter because you he knew he was like i can't steam in there yeah. but like he, obvi- he he doesn't have the ability to fight backwards and i mean it, it he it was like he kind of just knew he's like look i can't fight my fight because I, i'll lose he just knew he was gonna lose either way it was kind of interesting and yeah. i mean how gnarly are those fucking leg kicks bro i mean that, that that's all israel that he he destroyed him with leg kicks for the first round Took all of his power away, and then he's like, "Well, now, now he has no power. Now I can get in there and stand up with him. And
1: <laughs> too, like you're saying about, um, you know, like he couldn't really like strike. He wasn't really aggressive too well. Is because every time he was trying to strike or anything, he would just get counted every single yeah. time. Like, it was yeah, like picking the spot, the the, the punches and the spots. He knew exactly when to strike. It was like perfect timing and everything. So like, I could only imagine being in the ring like that and like trying to do what you're good at. And somebody else completely just destroying your game, you know, like, yeah. it's got to do something to you mentally in there, you know?
0: Yeah, no, for real, though, and it, that's, that's how, you know, the other person is just this incredible fighter, because when you do something like, I can't even do what I'm best at, because he, he is so good, he can destroy my best attribute, like yeah. it's nothing. Like, you know, and Brandon. So Brandon Shaw, I, I I do like to listen to him because I think he's got some good intakes, uh, uh insights into the into the UFC, him being the an next fighter and everything. And you know, he uh what he said about this fight with Paulo Costa. He goes, you know, to be honest, he goes. Israel could easily prepare for this fight. He goes, you can go find any fighter that's like Paulo Costa. He's just a big guy who just throws powerful punches. And he goes, yep. you could, he's like, you don't think Paolo, he's like you don't think Israel's ever fought in his seventy-plus kickboxing fights and his twenty MMA fights that he hasn't fought somebody like Paulo Costa? He goes, he's fought people like Paulo Costa all the time, and he goes, Paulo Costa's never fought anybody like Israel of <laughs>
1: He's, he's very unique. That's a thing. And like, that's a good point to bring up. I think it gets kind of overlooked a little bit too. It's like so people could be very good at what they do, but if you are unlike other people, it makes you that much more versatile and like hard to, um you know, compete against and, and train.
0: Well, so the way I look at it is he, I think a good comparison is he's like Conor McGregor, Um, how Conor McGregor was when he was on his rise. If you look at just his body type, Look how big Israel Adesanya is for middleweight. Now, he's skinny, he's skinny, but he's 6'4". He's got an 80-inch reach. He had an 8-inch reach advantage on Paulo Costa. Like, think about Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor had like a 74. Most people Conor McGregor would go against, he had like a 6, 5-inch reach on these people. And so he was a big guy who... Conor McGregor had more power than Israel Adesanya does. Israel Adesanya, is, don't get me wrong, he can knock people out, but he knocks you out because he feeds you 50 fucking hands in one round. Yeah. And then the 60th, he finally just knocks you out because your body can't take
1: he it. He doesn't have as much knockout power, I'd say, as, uh, as McGregor. He has the more – But magical. the ability
0: of that long reach, he's lanky but yeah. but strong, and you can't bring him down. I mean, I know McGregor has been taken down, but, you know – for sake of argument, he's a pretty good uh, takedown artist or a defense player person. Uh, he's a great striker. They they're just similar to that way where you look at the middleweight division and generally these people are like six foot to six two. Israel Adesanya six four, you know, kind of like that lightweight height. Um, yeah. But. He's skinny, so he's 184, and then he's super lanky. He's got 80 inch uh, reach advantage, which is just way more than most people in his division. So he can just tag you with precision and accuracy from further back than you can. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. What do you think? Who do you think will be uh, a good matchup for him
1: to beat him? Do you think,
0: yeah, Israel Adesanya, do you think he's got a loss in his near future at all, or do you think.
1: Bro, honestly, nah. he's he's too unique, man. And he just gets better. He's just getting better the whole time. And I don't know too many other fighters that that come to mind that I'm like, yo, I think this will be like an easy. I mean, even even with the John Jones situation, like they've been they've been saying about fighting each other for a long time. That'd be a great fight too, just because.
0: Yeah. Both... What weight division you think they do that though? Uh, that's the
1: thing. I don't know. Five. <sighs> I have no idea. I really don't even, I, I don't
0: probably know. Probably have to be because Israel Adesanya, I mean, he, I know he made 184 uh, yeah. for the fights, but, um, you know, he probably walks around at like 195, 200, so it probably wouldn't be hard for him to make 205. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I would He pretty much just wouldn't have to cut weight. Like he could probably he pretty much just could just train and go straight from training to weigh in and he probably weigh in at like 204.
1: Yeah. Um that well I think the thing is like I said is just the um the, the lankiness of both of them that they're, they're so long and like you said like they're so strong, you know, they're both so quick. Leg kicks are a big part of both of their game. Yeah. Um, I don't I can't really t- remember too well how how much i've seen israel adesanya's like ground game but i mean obviously john jones as soon as he gets you on the ground dude those elbows man those johnny bones jones elbows they come yeah
0: that's the thing is so i think his takedown defense is just really good because nobody's ever gotten him to the ground like yeah i don't He's not like he's not, he doesn't want to go to the ground. that's his thing. so his whole thing is just def, take down defense. He just tries his hardest to not get taken down um, which i I don't know is there a, is there even a a middleweight like wrestler right now who's like a heavy I can't think of one I know I don't I know all the Darren Till probably could fight him. He's yeah. long and lanky. Yeah. He's pretty big. Uh, I think he's a pretty good striker. I think he could stay in there with uh, Israel Adesanya. I think that could be a good fight. I think Darren Till about a year away, but he needs a, he needs a couple wins. Yeah. Um, but I think he he's somebody who could do well against them. And then I guess there's this guy Leon Edwards that everybody talk is talking about, who's supposed to be pretty good.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen honestly. I haven't seen any um, any clips from him as well either, but. I've heard a lot of the good things about Leon Edwards for sure.
0: Yeah, so I'm to um, research.
1: You know, I'm out to look up some some people and get back to you on that or something. But
0: yeah, either way. But, but um, so man, how you been? How has everything been going lately? How's uh, how's the music treating you?
1: Music is going good. I've been just trying to stay busy, trying to make make songs. Like you know, trying to get clients down here in Tampa now. Um. Yeah, I actually just had a session today with this artist. His name is uh, Dustin. He's from uh, he was from New York, and he actually just moved down here too. So oh, uh, really? He literally just moved there like a month ago. So he came through here. He was pretty fire. He's laying some stuff down. He's just freestyling some shit today. But yeah, I was gonna
0: say, what what uh what uh genre of music is he doing? Hip hop?
1: Yeah, he's like doing like like rap like type shit. No no auto tune or anything. Just like actual like
0: rap. Nice. Yeah. so what happens in these sessions then so uh, say a guy hits you up he's like um he's like hey man like you know i want to pay you whatever it says say fifty dollars an hour or whatever right what uh how does that normally go down from you guys
1: um so basically uh see all right so a little preface here a little, a little introduction quick so when i was in philly for like four years in school i would uh i started out with this one girl um, what my roommate actually found her and was like, yeah, like we have a studio, like she come through whatever this happened third. So she came through, she liked like my engineering and, and recording and everything I'm mixing. So I was charging her. um, <laughs> I was charging her $15 for us, a, a full session. And the session was like, it, I didn't really have any um, like set time period for it. So like she would come yeah. through like two hours, one time, like three, the most she did was probably like three hours. So like I was, I was giving her the deal it was, it was the first time I was recording anybody like a client, quote unquote, as, as opposed to just myself or my roommates and stuff. So that's, uh, that's basically where I started in Philly. And then after that, I started doing, um, just from her, she brought like somebody else, like she referenced somebody else, referred somebody else, whatever. And then they brought me another person. That person brought me another, and it just tumbled from there. So mm-hmm. I, after that, within, within two years, I'd say in Philly, I, I probably recorded over 50 different people, at least, at least. And it just all literally, I didn't, I swear I didn't do one, one amount, like anything for marketing, nothing,
0: nothing. Yeah, everything just word of mouth.
1: Everything just came from word of mouth. They would come in, they would post on their Instagram, like tag me and stuff. And people would just hit me up on Instagram and be like, yo, like you got a studio. I was like, yeah, this, that. So then like, obviously the price, my price went up. Cause I was just like, I can't do $5 an hour anymore. That's absolutely asinine. I was just like, yeah. Hey, so um the the I I priced my price went up a little bit and then I eventually got some better equipment spent like a couple couple thousand on some new equipment and then it just even got better from there you know and uh at this point now like you said people will hit me up and basically I'll just tell them the price and that's it because this is the thing a lot of people don't know but like when you <laughs> when you get into the recording business and stuff like that what do you think of when you think of like these big rappers, the Travis Scott, the Drake and stuff? you see them in the studios, you see all these huge mixing boards, you see these big speakers. you see all mm-hmm. the equipment and stuff. Right. If, if the reason they, those studios have all that equipment is because back, I don't know exactly how long. Cause I'm, I'm not over here saying that I'm a genius at this stuff either, but. Back a long time ago, everything was, wasn't recorded digitally. It was all recorded analog. analog. So it was on actual tape machines and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. So now I guess in the last like 10, 15 years, probably everything has switched over to digital now. And Now you don't need those. Nobody uses mixing boards in those big studios anymore. Those things cost like $250,000. They're like 64 channels. If you were going to track drums and and a guitar and like a live band or something like that, you need all those channels, but like for the rap, at least and, and shit like that, they don't use that anymore. Um, Travis, uh, not Travis Scott, young thugs engineer, uh, one of his engineers, Alex Tume. He goes and he puts his laptop when he goes to these big studios because he rents out the space or whatever. He goes to the studio. He puts his laptop on that $250,000 console and it's a laptop stand for him. It's a, <laughs> it's, it's a quarter million dollar laptop stand for him. And he does all his stuff basically is what they call in the box. It's all digital
0: so like uh, so what, what then what's the point of going to one of those studios there is it just for the look or is there it can is there stuff there that still is beneficial and helpful to to them
1: so listen this is this is what i say um the look is huge obviously it's the entertainment business nowadays it's the music business first quote-unquote slash entertainment it's entertainment So, people want to go there and they want to see the look. Oh, the, the, you know, like the big, like I said, the mixing console, the big speakers, this, that, and the third. But I mean, this is, I'll tell you, this is the thing. There's hardware units of compressors, equalizers, uh, a bunch of other stuff, like like, it's called analog gear. Um, It's supposed to give a more like warm, Kind of like saturation to the sound because it's like uh, they're they're made usually vintage like 70s 80s type back in the day, um, but basically like I was telling you about the digital stuff. Everything is digital nowadays, and and so for example, like I'm recording through a it's a it's all digital. I'm recording through what's called a preamp, a preamplifier. So mm-hmm. my my sound goes from the mic uh, through the preamplifier first. And then it goes into a compressor to just like tame the peaks a little bit. So mm-hmm. um, they have um, it's. I'm doing the digital Avalon uh, 737 preamplifier that I bought for its uh, Universal Audio plug-in. Basically, I bought it for three hundred dollars, and it's one plug and that's it. The same exact thing, a hardware unit of that is I don't know exactly, but it's it's like a couple a, a couple grand. But it's the exact same thing and it emulates the sound damn near identically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, okay. If I did have the actual hardware, the, the analog piece that is a 2000, it probably will sound a little tiny bit better. It, like yeah. I said, it's just that natural, like warmer, better like sound. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. To me, is it, is it worth 2000 more as opposed to this $300 plugin? Absolutely not absolutely not. And, and your average listener will never be able to tell the difference, especially if it's in a song, no chance, anybody, even engineers wouldn't really be able to mix in a song, even probably pretty good engineers or, or audio like files or whatever you want to call them. They wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to be Oh, that was the hardware one. And that was the digital one because nowadays the digital has just gotten so good. It's, it's, it's insane, you know, and like, that's how it is with everything else. Um, so like I said about the preamplifier, you have analog preamplifiers, you have analog compressors, you have analog EQs, and then you have digital, all the same thing. So I just, I do everything digitally. I have, um, a couple, like, like I said, a couple of plugins that I use while recording. And then after that, I just do all, it's called in the box processing. It's, it's digital processing. And that's what 99% of the engineers do today. A lot of them what they'll do is they'll use hardware analog for the the um input for recording the vocals while it's while it's being recorded and then after it's recorded they don't use any more hardware they use all plugins
0: wow so it's really changed so that that's why you'll hear people who are saying like you know don't because you do see, like, I know Travis Scott, like, you've promoted it too, how he'll say things like, you know, you don't need these studios. Like, we you, you even record a lot of our stuff from our house. Like, nowadays, it's it's just so much – it's cheaper. It's You you can do things – you can do a, a great show. I mean, my setup right now for a podcast is a total of, like, $300. Yeah, dude. It's not it's not incredible, but it, it – and don't get me wrong. The difference between Joe Rogan's show and this one in sound and quality is – it's noticeable, but it's not, like – it's not it doesn't sound like I'm in the Stone Age, you know what I mean?
1: no, absolutely not, and that's the thing well that's that's all thanks to the amount of how how much the digital world has come, yeah After, like I said ten fifteen years ago, you ain't making a song in your bedroom,
0: mhm right uh-huh. right like, and, and as technology gets bigger and has been around longer because it's like think about the the price of a phone, right yeah. now, in the eighties right, a phone was like. Because cell phone would be like fifteen hundred dollars, which yeah. is similar in a, in a way to what we have now. But fifteen hundred dollars in nineteen eighty six was not fifteen hundred dollars now. Yeah. It, it's totally different. And you know what it takes now to have a decent home. Like if you wanted a home studio in
1: 1976,
0: Oh my goodness, I, it it would cost you an arm and a leg. Versus yeah. now, I
1: wouldn't really want to think of how much it would be back then because yeah. like, you'd have to buy everything analog. You'd have yeah. to buy like a, and and all that stuff nowadays you have your your digital audio you didn't think about when
0: digital first came out it would still have been so much expense so much more expensive to set up a digital studio
1: absolutely 100 and it's like like i said it's crazy because i get it if you like i said you're in the entertainment industry business whatever you want to call it and you want it to look as professional as possible right like that for sure and that and that's like I said, that's part of it, you know, but at the same time, what I always tell, like a lot of my clients and stuff, it depends. You have to find the clients that are more worried about the sound, you know, like, so what, what do you, what do you listen to music for? You're like, or it, just uh, imagine you were an artist, you know what I mean? And you're yeah. trying to make a song. What is your goal of making, like making that song? In my opinion, it should be, I'm trying to make the best qual- like sound quality, Cause that's what you're doing. You're making a song. You're not. You're not going in there to to look cool. You're going in there to sound cool. So if I always say if I went to a studio, and they made me like sit on the floor or something, and they made me record my vocals, and that shit sounded amazing at the end, guess where I'm going again? I'm going back to that studio because it sounds the best. Mm-hmm. And that's like I said. That's what, as in my opinion, if you're gonna start making music, like that's what you what your goal is, I would assume, is to, to have the best sounding, like, quality music. Yeah. And then, like I said, you could go, like, there's nothing wrong with going to these big studios. You're going to pay 80 or 90 an hour. And then on top of that, that's just to record. That's literally for the guy to press Command-R and, and record your voice. They don't usually do any mixing or processing unless you pay them extra. And then when you pay them extra, it's like, depending on who you go to, it's another $100 per song just for them to mix it. So it's was yeah. like, okay, "Do you want to go to a, maybe like a bedroom studio or like a home studio, whatever you want to call it, and maybe pay forty or fifty dollars an hour and get all your stuff done for you, like mixing and everything included in that fifty an hour? Or do you want to go and pay maybe a, a big studio that looks a little nicer and and you know has more quote unquote equipment and stuff, but you're going to pay ninety an hour and then another hundred and fifty dollars for the song to get mixed? By the time you're spe- you're done spending." all that money on one song in a big studio, you could have made probably 10 songs in a bedroom studio with 85 to 90% of the same quality. So to me, it's like, you have to, you have to analyze, like, is that, that big studio purchase, you know what I mean? That all those hours, is it really worth it to get one song done as opposed to getting 10 songs done?
0: I think, especially when you're starting out, no, it makes no sense. If you're an artist starting out, I think it makes more sense to go the other way out. But I mean, it's different if you are a young thug because you you have more money. So another, say it was another five hundred dollars added onto the whole session, it, that's not going to matter. But I agree, if you're starting out, you you definitely be you should not be going. You should not be trying to go to the studio because you're trying to get caught up in the imagery and make it big off the imagery rather than, you know, you're really the quality of what your stuff is.
1: You know? Yeah. And this is the other thing too, is like people, when you get, like, you, like you say, you bring up Thug or any of these other people that are on a label, Thug does not pay for his studio time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably, yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Basically none of these guys do. And like, I don't know if you saw, um, yeah, i know you said about travis earlier too like dude travis uh that netflix documentary that he came out with like last year or something it was like look mom i could fly yeah in that he's he's recording for World, which is i don't know how many times platinum by now it's probably two times platinum if not it's at, it's at least platinum right now platinum sell, Definitely selling a
0: platinum up. record yeah um
1: dude he's he's in a goddamn like an airbnb in la or something and he's he's fucking on a on a seat and he's got a uh a fucking Cheat, bed, sheet, yeah. a bed sheet over him and shit, and I'm just like, okay, if that's good enough for him, he's selling platinum records under a goddamn bed sheet. Don't try and tell me that you need to go to a studio to make a platinum record. It does. Yeah. You're not going to tell me it, you know. But but getting back to the thug thing, now the when you're under a label like that, the label um they they pay for all that stuff. They pay for all that stuff. They I don't I don't know exactly how it goes, but like either they the engineer or recording studio, wherever they go, they send the, the label an invoice or whatever. It's okay. Uh, my hourly rate is fucking $300 an hour. And I charge a, like a $1,000 per song to mix. And they send them the whole total. And you say, okay, you want to do 10 songs for your album or whatever, this and that. Like, this is what my rate is. Send the invoice over to the, to the label. And the label says, okay, here you go. Cuts the check. It's because like, you, you realize how much money they, these labels really have.
0: That's oh, nothing. they have millions. They, they have, have, they have million, millions, if not billions. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I agree. So, how did you get into? How did you get into this world? What, like, what was the first day that really kind of gave you the bug about it?
1: Dude, honestly, all right. So it's crazy because you know, you know, Mitch, obviously. So, yeah. Um. So he in senior year of high school for me, 2015, it was. I was i didn't i played sports and shit but i wasn't like very good and I, we went to a big high school so there was a thousand uh in our graduating class so it was a huge high school a lot of kids i was decent at sports but i wasn't great especially up against a, a thousand other kids you know what i mean so right. I, I i wasn't able to make teams for the high school and shit so i was like yeah like i don't know what the fuck to do like i was working a lot but i was like yo i got a lot of free time. Uh, so let me just like fuck around you know i went <laughs> it's crazy dude i was with uh mitch at his crib the one day we were in his basement i said yo fuck it let's let's try and like make a song or something because like a lot of my friends why not yeah uh, they would they would freestyle just like you know driving around we would smoke a blunt or something yeah like that. yeah yeah. they would drive around and uh throw a beat on yo throw a beat on who got the instrumental like throw the beat on we'd start rapping we just like freestyle and shit so then after that i was like all right dude like this is cool and everything but like I don't fuck with the freestyling as much as like actually like like sitting down and trying to write something out a little bit more. Yeah, you know. So then I was like, all right, fuck it. Like I'm gonna just try and record something. So we're in in Mitch's basement, um, bro. I had a rock band mic. <laughs> I, I had, yeah, dude. It's everybody's got the good stories in the beginning. I had a fucking USB rock band mic. And we had his laptop and we didn't even have anything else. We, we were doing GarageBand. So we threw it into GarageBand and uh, uh, made a uh, song quick. It was to the Bobby Schmerta beat, which was crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the first thing that I did. So, like, that was that. And literally the second that the song got finished and printed out, <laughs> I was like, yo, this shit is hard. And that shit was not hard at all. It was- <laughs> But um, yeah, dude, from that time, I was just like, okay, um, I'm going to do this. Like, I, I'm really going to do this, and I don't care who tells me not to. I don't care what it sounds like right now, because I know in my head, I was just like, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to make that shit sound good. I promise. And I, I just fucking beat myself up with it, and I said, yo, it, it's, it's got to happen. And I yeah. just I put the hours in, bro. People think that this shit really does come overnight or whatever, like anything. It's like, okay, you want to start you, – you've never picked up a basketball before and you want to be good at basketball you can be good at basketball i don't care about athleticness. i don't care about anything it it takes practice right. it takes hours and hours and hours of practice and that's right. the, like you have to realize like i say in the one song um uh we like we did this shit overnight we weren't working for no salary like yeah. you're not doing this for 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 money and this stuff and like some people they get discouraged about that. It's like, I've put in over 30,000 hours to get to
0: this point. That's a long fucking time, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah. You've been, uh, you've been grinding away for, you've been at it for years and uh, I'm excited. It's starting to take off. You guys have been producing songs left and right. And so who's in your whole crew? You can give them a, give them a little, uh, little shout out.
1: So uh, basically my, one of my hometown friends from, from where I'm from back in Pennsylvania, uh, uh JC, He's from. He's, I knew him since like senior year of high school. Right. When I started, he kind of started the same time as me. And then we moved into uh, in Philly, we went to temple for school and he was my roommate. I, I, I had no roommate. He was looking for a roommate. I didn't really know him that well. I knew of him and he was just like, yo, like, you want to, you need a roommate, this and that, like you want a room together. I was like, yeah, fuck it. So we got an apartment. We didn't have to dorm first year or anything, which was lit. And crazy thing is we got an extra room, in the apartment they were like yo we got no more two bedrooms so we're giving you a three bedroom for free i was like all right that's cool so we turned that third bedroom into a little studio and from there on it was fucking over you know i i just started working like crazy i was getting experience doing it with him as well just like recording other people than myself and um yeah, dude. That that. So only- he was
0: he w- was he into music when you guys first met, or did you kind of get him into music? How did that How did that kind of bond?
1: No, he was he was into music because his his older brother is two years older than us, so he's like twenty six now ish. Yeah, he was already doing music. So his, okay. So he was around it a little bit, and he had like other boys, you know what I mean, that were doing it and shit. But like, he never had laid anything down on a track or, or recorded or anything. He would kind of only
0: it done it casually. Yeah.
1: Exactly, he was freestyling in the whip, you know, on the on the L rides and shit. But other than that, no, he wasn't. So then, yes, when I went into school with him, that was the first time that he actually even tried to lay anything down. And it's crazy too. It's like. Um, he, we, we were doing this stuff and like I, I said to him I was like yeah Yo, you ever thought of like like doing more because mel- he was rapping like I'm talking like rap rap yeah. I was like, you ever thought of doing more like me- melody type shit like melodic stuff like not not singing singing but like just a little bit more like melodic stuff and yeah yeah like, nah bro like this and that I can't sing this and that I was like bro like you'd be surprised at what you could do with like processing nowadays with pitch correction and, and auto tune and stuff and he that's was just, what I
0: was gonna ask you okay
1: oh, I that's i don't want to be i don't want to sound like t pain this and that i'm like bro it, it doesn't even need to sound necessarily like t pain because he does the very exaggerated auto tune you could you can tone it down to where it's you could tell that it's auto. it just makes
0: it sound it'll make it so i know you're talking about because it'll be like you know if you're trying to hit a note you know how like when someone's a bad singer like for me example it gets sharper when it shouldn't like yeah. if i would try to go higher pitch it would sound terrible where you can smooth it out yeah, exactly. uh, in there so how do you how how does that process go about like that's what i wanted to ask you is so somebody who comes in you, you are singing them. am like how do you personally mess with the audio to do that
1: so basically this is the thing when i'm i don't know music theory actual like scales and keys and stuff like that i never mm-hmm. that stuff like mitch knows a little bit more about it because he does the guitar and shit like I, I just play drums so um i don't know music theory but Basically, when you when you at least these guys, when you get a beat, say from anywhere, from a producer, or a YouTube beat or whatever, that beat is in a a a, a scale and a key. So the scale, mm-hmm. they're um, major or minor usually. Minor scales are usually more dark, you know, like darker type vibes. The major stuff is more upbeat, happy type vibes. So, um, and then the key, the key that it's in, which is A through like D flat, you know, all that all yeah. keys and stuff. So basically i some people somebody that maybe plays piano has perfect pitch they could listen to the to the beat and be like oh that's an a major and that's it like that they just know what key the beat is in just because they have that knowledge of the music theory i don't have that knowledge so what i do is i download the beat from youtube or or from the producer Mm -hmm. you can buy a lease or whatever if you're going to release it and then i go um i have this little app it's called um mixed in key and it's like a $60 like application. You throw your beat, like the MP3 file of the beat right into the thing. And you, and it, it tells you the BPM uh, or the tempo of the song. And then it tells you the key that it, the song's in. So after that, what you do is you take that key. So like I said, a lot of key, a lot of beats are in like C minor. So you'll take that C minor key and then you'll put that into the auto tune. And then as long as the artist is in that, usually what they do when the artist sings, they sing in that same key as the beat because they you know it's trying to be in sync of, with the beat so um, yeah yeah you just put it in c minor and basically the auto tune just does does the work Yo, people it's it's not as complicated as people think that's one thing i it's 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 not that complicated as long as you know what you're doing obviously and then this is the thing sometimes you have to work around stuff engineering is very is very um quick on your feet you know something goes wrong you need to fix it quick you can't sit there for 25 minutes wasting their time when they're paying you like you know what i mean yeah. so you, have to, you have to be on your toes and if something goes wrong you need to have a backup plan and not only a backup plan you need to have a backup plan to the backup plan and then another backup plan for that so it's like okay this plugin, this auto tune is not working so what am i doing uh maybe i turn the the um it's called the retune speed. So maybe I'll turn that down so it's not as harsh, like I said. Or maybe I'll just use a completely different auto-tune plugin because different auto-tune plugins will capture the sound and, and manipulate it a little different, you know? Okay. So basically, yeah, that's that's my my process. You the mixing key tells me the key of the song. I put that key into the auto-tune, basically see how it's sounding with their voice as they're recording it. And then after they record it, I'll see. If I need to, you know, like you said, fine tune it. Maybe put more auto tune on it, or maybe less, depending on how well of a singer they are. Um, and then if it really just isn't sounding good, then I could I would switch over and use a different auto tune plugin. And then yeah, and there's also this other thing. It's called Melodyne. And that's much more of like, that's like something that you'd see like the weekend use or, or like Uh somebody really knows how to sing because even these guys, like people think, oh, like, oh, that's the weekend. Like he's that's his voice or like Lana Del Rey or any, like any of these pop stars or any singers they're Oh, that's them. That's how they actually sound. You're right but there's pitch correct on every single one of those voices that you hear. I pro I hundred percent guarantee it. Some yeah. sort of pitch correct. It's not auto tune where they're sounding like T pain, obviously, but like you said, what, what Melodyne is, is you record the audio into this, this little program, and then you could literally take the pitches and shift them up or down wherever you want. If it, like you said, if one thing's a little sharp, you could bring it down a little bit, or if it's a little flat, you could bring it up just a little bit and it, Those little adjustments really take a performance from like a a, a like eighty five ninety percent up to that hundred percent. Like really just crisps everything up, you know. Makes Mm -hmm. it radio ready.
0: Okay, so when there's a so there is a difference, like. And how you would, and what you would, how you would approach if a singer was like, say, a Travis Scott, and how you're trying to fix their voices versus the weekend. Because if somebody's like, a, say, technically just a better singer, you may not have to use an auto tune plugin. You could probably just do some finer tune pitch pr- pitch ones, yeah, right?
1: Exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's like, um, and it's all it all. You as an engineer, I feel like, have to kind of gauge immediately when you start hearing the artist, especially if it's the first time, the first session that you do. You have to kind of gauge what they're going for, you know what I mean? If, like, if they go and they go up on, like, on some, like, um... Like some ch- more trap type, like you know. What I mean? Here, so
0: let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. So, say I come to you and I'm like, "Hey, look, I wanna, I wanna make a hip hop album. I want my voice to sound like a little, little more uh, melodic, but like smoky room vibe. I, you know, kind of, um, I guess, a sm- like a soothing smoky room kind of vibey voice. You know, what, what would be your process to kind of achieve that?
1: so basically i would immediately i would see uh the the melodic i have to uh you know like assess how well of a singer you are Mm you said if i'm gonna either go hard auto-tune or if i'm gonna do more pitch correct and try and be like more natural sounding of your voice so that's the first thing i would do and then second uh you're talking about like a smoky room type of vibe like uh, a lot of reverb i would probably think of so like 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 ambient type music what does re- like reverb
0: do for people out there who are like me who you know very uh, stone age thinkers with this um so basically if you're in a room so a lot of, this is the thing a lot of people get delay and
1: reverb mixed up so mm-hmm. um delay is is i like to describe it as a, as an echo so echo echo yeah echo. yeah yeah delay it's it's a delayed signal um and then reverb is more of, okay, you're talking in your, in your room right now. I have, like, acoustic treatment in this room, so it's a little less uh, reflections. So yeah, yeah. if you go in your bathroom and you clap, that clap is going to sound a lot more uh, reverberated is what it is. It's reverb. It's, it's, the, it's the sound from the sound waves bouncing from your hand off the walls and then back into the air off each other, off the walls. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So the more, um, the, like, the less stuff on the walls, the more reverb is going to be in there. So it's like it's like uh hmm.
0: No, like, I get you. It, it almost sounds like the best way I can describe it is um the, how I picture it when I think of reverb is like if you were to flick like a metal sheet and it would be like whoo and it like you know kind of like
1: um, ricochets reverb. a
0: little bit like that. Yeah, that's how I think of it
1: crazy thing. When, when they didn't have, um, digital stuff back then, you'd have to make your own reverb. And the way <laughs> they did that is they, it, I don't know exactly how to do it once again, cause I'm from I'm the not, digital age. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it's, it's called a, um, it's called like a spring spring chamber or a spring box reverb. And exactly what you're saying it, it like you had to use like a spring in order to get that reverberation it's it's like that's what's really interesting for me um with the whole me being in the digital era and stuff but like i obviously i still look back on that stuff and try and learn as much as possible but like the audio engineers today compared to back then those guys are serious those guys are serious bro like seriously like yo Nowadays, it's hard. Don't get me wrong. I'm not over here trying to say that it's easy by any means now, but it's a lot easier now than it was back then. I promise you that. Yeah. I promise you that. It's like you have to put a lot of time into it, but like to actually literally get your, like you said, it's like, okay, you buy like a $200 microphone, you buy like maybe a $100 interface. And as long as you have a Mac or, or not a Mac, but like a computer of some sort, you could get a program like GarageBand for free or whatever, or uh, there's other ones and you could record yourself fairly easily. You know what I mean? At just recording strictly, you could do that fairly easily. You know, it's, it's really not that difficult
0: now. There's, there's kind of, I, I only cut off, but there's kind of like, it's kind of like cars. This is where I, I think a good way to, to draw a parallel with this would be like, Think about how back in the day, cars were, everything was built by hand, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Now, built by robots, cars, and then a lot of people, car enthusiasts would say, you know, like the people who were building cars back then, like the cars just felt different. They yeah. felt cleaner they felt like uh, they felt uh, more connection to it it felt uh, it was just a different air about the car than one that was put together in just a factory by a bunch of machines where now it's so the people back then who were building those cars their knowledge of cars in those factories was far greater than people working in the factories today yeah and and the knowledge of it like because they were having to use the actual tools or now but i think your knowledge is far superior when it comes to the understanding of how to use the tools yeah, Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. That's a, it's a real good comparison, actually. I never really thought of it like that. But honestly, like, this is the thing. You do this, you record your vocals, and you throw on a couple effects, you know, a couple plugins, whatever. Yeah. And nowadays, it's like, this is the other thing. What a lot of engineers say, So I was telling you about these emulations of the hardware units. So the hardware units have little knobs on them for different uh, uh, things that you need to change your, your low frequencies, your high frequencies. So they have actual knobs on there. The plugins on your screen have the exact same knobs, but listen, there's a big difference when you're clicking a mouse and, and, and changing something and hearing that change real time in headphones or monitors, as opposed to if you actually have your fingers on that knob. And, and it, I don't even know how to, how to really explain it, but it's like, you could feel it go through you. It's like, it's a little, yeah. it, it's more, ha- um, hands-on hands-on. It's just like, it's hands-on yeah. like, okay, I'm, I'm moving this knob and I could hear what's changing. As opposed, and just because, like I said, you're feeling it with your hand, as opposed to just clicking it with a mouse and changing. It's like, okay, like, do I really know what it's doing? Like, I don't know what I'm, like, what's really happening. Yeah, yeah.
0: There's that mind, that mind-muscle connection, that mind-muscle connection. That's exactly what
1: it is. Yeah.
0: No, I totally understand that. Um, That's really interesting. So how how long would it take then for you to put together a song if someone kind of came with you, now you've added the reverb into it. Um, now like what would be the time period from you cleaning up that all the audio and then, um, making it sound, I guess the, the way he would come in, I would come in requesting it to sound.
1: Yeah. Um, basically it all depends on them the most, because like some people come in here, like I have this one guy, like he actually is crazy. He flew from Philly to come down here and record with me mm-hmm. in 10- so he took a two hour flight to just come and record me. Obviously he has plenty of studios that he could go to in Philly yeah. he me to come to me for a reason. So he came through and he's the type of guy he does. Um, he freestyles he everything. So it's all off the top. He doesn't write anything down. He says, yo, pick a beat, find a beat, whatever he gives me a beat. He says, load it up. And then he just goes straight through and he, he might stop like after the first verse or whatever, he'll do like a whole verse and he'll be like, all right, I'll do a hook now real quick or whatever. He'll just do the whole hook and then he'll stop, and then he'll do one more verse or whatever This the in third. So basically, like, he's real, like, he knows what he's doing, you know what I mean? So he'll do that thing, and as, as he does that whole thing, I'm, like, already, like, pre-mixing it, you know? Like, I know it's going to need EQ. It's going to need to get equalized. It's going to need a little bit of compression. It's going to need some delay, and it's going to need reverb. Like, everything that you hear on on the radio has some instance of reverb on it, Some little bit of delay here and there or throughout the whole thing, it all has equalization on it and it all Mm -hmm. has compression on it. Everything
0: so, with the compression, what does the compression take out? Like, um, you know, how like sometimes if you hear bad audio, you can kind of hear it like scratch, like a scratchingness on it. Does the compression kind of take that out a little bit, or what what does that tool do?
1: The scratching is from, um, it's called clipping, it's distortion, yeah. So that happens when you record your voice, and the the signal is too hot is what they call it there's too much signal so okay. that there it's called a he- it 's called a ceiling and a he- and headroom so once you get rid of that headroom there's nowhere else for that audio to go, so what happens is it introduces artifacts or distortion, and that's what you're talking about like the clipping like yeah. uh, you know what I mean so that's what happens with clipping you can't want and this is the the hardest thing about people recording themselves. I encourage everybody to record themselves and and learn how to do it if you make music, because there's nothing better than being comfortable in your own house, being able to try and experiment with any type of sound that you want to do. But the hardest thing about and the only thing you really need to do when you record yourself is make sure you do not clip your your audio, make sure your signal is not too hot because if it is your engineer can't do anything about it i don't care if it's it's the best engineer in the world they can't just take that there are plugins that will allow you to help clean it up a little bit but you will never be able to just completely just take that out and say Oh, well, my fault
0: once mm, it's there it's there that's that's great because that was actually something that i was always curious about if you'd be able to do that's actually really interesting that was a really cool fact. I didn't know that. I didn't know you couldn't do anything about that. You could like I said you could You can clean it up. Yeah, you can put like band-aids on it, but you're not going to be able to. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's really cool. So but- you got to get really used to how it's you, you got to find that almost that perfect sound for you to pitch where so it doesn't sound too loud, too ugly or something like that. It's
1: a sweet spot. And um so basically I was going to go back to the compression. The compression is more um uh, to tame dynamics. So obviously I could, I could come down here and I could be talking like this. And then all of a sudden, like I could get up real like that. So yeah. what the compression will do will, it will compress the higher peaks. And then at the same time, it will bring the lower peaks up. You know what I mean? So everything gets to more of a even compressed even level,
0: even level. Okay okay
1: imagine you're listening to a song because like i know you hear you hear some songs especially of these uh specifically like with with these like uh female singers and stuff they'll be doing very like low kind of like whispery singing and then all of a sudden just belt out you know a crazy you know i mean something crazy. so like you as an engineer you have to be able to um make that sounds like you don't want to hear it to be like very low and then all of a sudden it just comes in and hits you in the face like out of nowhere like you want it to be like more even so you have to you'd have to be able to compress it and and you know what i mean like stuff like that but the the compression will basically just more e- even out the dynamics of the song
0: so for instance if you had a um if you had something where say two people like you and I are. We're recording this and your audio sounds a lot louder and my audio sounds a lot like softer and quieter and needs probably more amplification. Would a compression be able to, would that, would that even out both audio people, like both of theirs to make them sound equal in audio or how would you make those um, differences sound more?
1: It, see, this is the thing. It could be, it, it could be a couple things. It could be a little bit of compression, but like, if you're thinking about volume, like, actual volume the compressor will help but you don't want to look to a compressor to give you volume right it sense it's more of like okay. to 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 tame and even out the volume if gotcha. you if you're saying we're recording mine's a lot louder than yours or whatever and you just want more volume on yours i would look for a limiter is what it's called and that basically is you you set a output threshold or like an output limit so uh audio goes by decibels so um uh, as like zero is is the top you know of the scale or whatever and then it goes the the quieter you go the lower the number goes it goes negative so like negative uh they say like usually like negative six db is like good enough headroom for your whole track and stuff like that to get mastered then so then um what you do is you, uh, with this limiter is what i 'm talking about you set your output threshold, so say you put your output to negative six decibels and then you set your input threshold to uh, maybe maybe your voice is only getting to like ten de- negative ten decibels. you put your threshold to about negative ten or a little bit lower, and then that will increase ev- everything your whole voice up to whatever your output threshold is, so it 'll increase your negative ten and it increase it up to negative 6 or whatever your output threshold would be. That's like limiting is more for okay like I just straight up need volume, you look for a limiter. That's what you would do. Okay. It's like it's it's a lot harder to do at least in my opinion to explain it as opposed to if you were able to see it. It's like okay, you bring yeah. this threshold down to where your signal is and then over here you could see it. Okay, it's getting, it's going higher. You know what I mean? It's the, volume is increasing. It's a lot easier to visualize stuff like that. And then that's like I said too, is like with the, um, the hardware of, of back in the day, they, uh, they were able to visualize stuff a little bit better with the, <laughs> excuse me, uh, uh, with the, uh, metering and stuff like that with the hardware, they were able to see their meters and, uh, see exactly visually what's happening with the audio.
0: That's very it's very interesting. I, I So I didn't know, man, see, this is why I wanted you on. This was very interesting stuff. Cause I, I have, you know, it's, it's cool for me to ask some questions about things, particular things I know nothing about. And yeah. um, you know, um, le- just learning a lot about that. Like I, I truly did not know. I almost thought it was like Photoshop where like when you were talking about how you, with clipping, like you can't really clean, like you just can't take that out. I almost thought it was like Photoshop where you could almost go in and just like erase it. You know what I mean? Like just make it not like, if you took down peaks or the peaks of the audio or something, it would help it. I didn't know that. That's really interesting and cool. Um, So I did have a question with this too as well, where if the guy comes in and say, you know how you were talking about earlier when he's recording, he'll come in and he'll maybe he'll like, he'll go in and he'll find his hook. And he, he comes in with you and he wants to listen back to it. Now, are you able to go in and match the audio with the, the beat where you specifically wanted it? Say he wanted this word to particularly be said right before like a massive drop or something like that, or right after a massive drop. Um, were you, how easy or is it super easy or is it more of like a painstakingly just time consuming thing?
1: No, that's absolutely, that's, that's cake work. It's real quick. As long as it recorded the word or not or if he just wants to record it right there like it's that's very easy to like once you like the the thing i keep on going back to recording like on your own and stuff like that once you like learn to navigate the the program that you're using Mm -hmm. that's like the biggest like hill you know i mean that i in my opinion in my experience that i got over like once you like get comfortable with, Oh, I need to move this. I need to do like dip. I, str- I need to stretch this audio. I need to do like all that kind of stuff. Once it's like quick where you don't even need to think about it. And it's second nature. It it just, everything is, is very, um, it's like, it's easy, you know, it becomes it's rhythmic. That, it, almost. It, it, absolutely. It's very, it's, it's you, you kind of in your head, you set these mental like points, like these mental um, markers almost. And it's like, oh, I hit that first marker onto the next. I know exactly what I'm doing. Next marker gets hit. It's like, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's like an assembly line almost. It's like, okay, yeah. like, this, is done, this is the next thing. This isn't, an, and it's very similar. Like no session is ever the same. No two sessions are ever the same, but they they do move similar. You know what I mean? They do yeah. progress like progress similarly, um, but no two sessions are the same. And same thing, even me, when I do my own music, your voice today is not going to be, it's not going to be the exact same as your voice tomorrow. The voice is always changing. It's all, yeah. your cords are always changing. They're, they can never be the exact same. You know what I mean? So like a lot of um, engineers nowadays, this is where I'm going to take some shots. A lot of nowadays, what they'll do is they will make presets, and I'm sure I don't know if you see it. Maybe I only see it on Instagram because of my because of the feed, and you know they're all watching us. So yeah. um, my feed, when I get my Instagram ads, it'll be a bunch of like engineers or producers and be like, oh, look guys, I have these presets to make you sound like little baby. They're $70 and everything is done for you already. All your settings are already done. This, that, and the third, just pay me $70. It gives you, uh, give you the, the project file or whatever and then you just record on it and you're, you sound like little baby. And I'm like, that's the one thing I hate when people come in here or whatever and they're like, oh, it made me sound like a boogie. Well, guess what, buddy? You ain't a boogie, so you ain't sounding like a boogie. That's how it yeah. is. I can, I you say okay, like I want auto tune. That's that's different. But like, I you can't say, give me the a boogie voice or give me the Rod Wave voice or the the Travis like no like they you need to manipulate your voice to sound like that or you need to it's not gonna really work. Like you know what I mean? But yeah. basically, back to the preset thing is. Once again, like I was just telling you, my, my voice is not the same every single time. So how do you think if you get one preset of all your settings, the exact same, how do you think that's going to work if maybe you do, okay, your first song, you want to do a um more of, like you said, like m- maybe more like a chill smoke out type, like, like singing, like laid back type Mac Miller. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you think the same settings are needed for Mac Miller as opposed to Travis Scott? Absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. So how do you think that $70 preset is going to work for you every single time? What happens when you want to make a, an energetic song like, like, uh, like X or something like that? What happens then when you're screaming in the mic? Do you think the settings are going to work? No. So like these, these people are, are kind of... Um, I, I I I use the word loosely a little bit because everybody's getting to the bag, you know what I mean. You gotta get to the to your money however way you you can. If you're tra- if if you're selling that product and people are buying it, then that's cool. It's, I have no problem with that. But it it kind of sucks for me is because me being in the in the the industry, that's taking my craft so seriously and all yeah. like, the hours that I've done to have somebody say, Hey, look, you could buy this $70 thing and everything's done for you all the time. I'm just like, that's a load of bullshit. And it's, and it, and it kind of just like,
0: yeah, it, it's like the difference. It's the difference between the the pop star who's like pretty much just a model where they have everybody making all their stuff versus the person who is actually making their music yeah. and trying to produce their music out there. I get you.
1: Exactly, and it's like it's like I put like I said I put these thirty thousand hours in, and you're gonna tell me that you could just buy this little eighty dollars program, and that's gonna give you those all the knowledge that I got in those thirty thousand hours? You're crazy. Yeah, it's like it'll it'll be all right. It they probably do sound decent, but like I, it'll sound
0: cookie cutter though. It'll just sound super basic.
1: Exactly, it's crazy because I went out. I was in L.A., bro. I was in L.A. I went to this studio in L.A um had some decent credits of like people that they worked with and this that, and the third i was out there for like a week or something i was like yeah I was sh- i'm a- i had all my equipment too and i was just like yo like i, I want to go to the studio like i want to I-, I don't want to be in my bedroom real quick in this <coughs> excuse me in this airbnb and uh yeah dude i went to this studio and this bull pulled up a, uh, a basically a preset man he had all the and like he didn't know at the time that i was an engineer too which is cool too i do that i go in there and i'm just like yeah like oh, i just made making music and they're like oh word and then you could try and see if they're gonna try and get one up on you real quick or something like oh like i'm gonna just give this man a preset or like i'm not really gonna do like what i need to do for this guy like but long story short basically he pulled up a preset um we were uh, my my man jc was recording in the booth yeah. and outside the booth and i was watching the engineer because i was trying to see what was good and i'm watching the engineer he fucking pulled up a damn preset and i was just like god damn it dude not again like are you serious like i'm paying this man to do this like it's not that's not even engineering in the at that point in my opinion like that's just clicking two buttons dude like
0: anybody could do that
1: for real anybody could so then it wasn't sounding good and i said yo uh you want to try this auto tune plugin or like you want I gave, like I asked him a couple things. He like looked back at me. He was just like, Oh, you know, you know, like it, like the differences and stuff. I was like, yeah, dude, it's going to sound a lot different. He's like, Oh yeah, I'll try it out. Put the, put the plug in that I told him to put on there. Started sounding a bit like a lot better right away. Yeah. Like, dude, if I didn't know what I knew, we would have sat there and, and, and it would have just kept on sounding like trash. You wouldn't have tried to change anything. Cause like he, like I said, he had the preset and, and sometimes, like I just said before, the preset doesn't always work. It might work sometimes for what you're going for. Like you get a Tory Lanez preset or something like that. And you're doing the, 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 like, yeah, you know, that, that Tory Lanez type sound, of yeah. whatever it might work. If you're doing those type of songs, but what happens when you try and do a singing like chick type of song? Like, like I'm wrong or something. Like, you know, I like, like it's gonna be different.
0: Yeah, no, for yeah, or if you're trying to go from, because Tory Lines is uh, a god. What's his big thing? Um, His, what's his big in the? Oh my goodness, his big intro he always does for every fucking song.
1: Like, um, like in in Liddy. Like It's very very heavy reverb. It's like auto-tune, like, whipping up dope, back on road. Like, that kind of shit. He'd be, like, singing, uh, or, I mean, uh, like, yelling.
0: I'd be like, I'll be talking now. Oh, I do my own stunts, Jackie Chan with it. (laughs) I do my own stunts, Jackie Chan with it. And it's super almost reverb too. It's a weird auto-tune. He has, a, he has definitely have a distinct voice, but yeah, if you wanted to do that and then your next song, you wanted to sing somebody who was more like an Anderson Paak type of, uh, you know, slower, slower type of style. That's not,
1: no, that's not going to work. Exactly. It's like, bro, like, does that sound similar? Right. So. so how do you think, why do you think that all the settings are going to be the same? They're going to be
0: completely different. Yeah. It's going to look, it, it'll, it, it, it would just it would sound your second sound your second song would sound completely out of out of tune it yeah. would it would sound i would imagine like you were recording two different songs at the one time <laughs>
1: yeah, literally it's like and like i said if you're if you're there's there's definitely uses for the presets i'm not completely bashing them at all if you are at your house and you don't want to um learn how to engineer and and you know process the vocals and stuff like that and you still want to be able to like at your own house get a rough idea of what it would sound like when, after it's mixed maybe you have somebody that you're going to send it to that, that's yeah. going to and stuff that's what i believe the presets and these vocal templates are are for it's like okay like i'm gonna do this and like i'm gonna get a decent ear of like what it's gonna sound like but I'm going to send it to another engineer and they're going to, they're going to make it right. Cause they, like I said, they know what they're doing. That's, that's what they're there for. That's like, that's like, um, something similar. Like I, I could compare it to like a basketball player. Okay. Like LeBron James knows how to shoot a basketball, right? Obviously. Yeah. Does that mean that he doesn't need a shooting coach? Right? No, he still uses a shooting coach. Cause that shooting coach is, is specialized for that. Right it's like the same thing as like, okay, like, okay, you have this template and it sounds all right,
0: but. Steve Nash still had a shooting coach. Steve Nash is probably the greatest, one of the greatest like forum shooters of all time. Yeah, I agree.
1: That's just that, that's the way I look at it. It's like, okay, you have this vote, this, this template and and you could record yourself and it sounds okay. But don't you think you should send that to uh, somebody that actually is specialized and only does that one thing, like to mix and like, that's what they do, you know?
0: Yeah. That's the way
1: I look at it is like, as opposed to these presets and like the presets, like I said, they're cool. They, 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 they do their job for what, what it's worth, but what, what you have
0: to know how to use them. What is your benefit
1: is, is now you have these presets and it's, it's saturating my market then, you know what I mean? It's because now you have people that are like, Oh, I have this preset and this is what engineers do. And now I'm an engineer. No. And it, and it kind of sucks because then what they'll do is they'll take that preset and they'll say, okay, um, guys come to me. It's $25 an hour for studio time, this and that. And it's like, obviously I know it's not going to sound as good as mine because just a fact, Like, But it's still like oversaturating the market and the lower these other people go you have to start compete. like you got to compete and obviously at the end of the day your sound quality and your your work will will speak and and um you know price itself and if people want the good quality they'll come and they'll pay for the quality i promise you that
0: but i think the people who are a little more knowledgeable about it the- it, it'll, it'll saturate the market but i think it'll get more people who are not too musically inclined i think we're because what will happen is it'll fuck up once or it won't sound as good once and they'll never make that mistake again
1: exactly and you don't even know how many people i've had in philly specifically told me that Yo, know, i went to this other studio and charged me 25 an hour that shit sounded terrible i'm like yeah dude i mean that's what you get you get what you pay for and yeah <laughs> that's that's how it is and i'm uh, I'm not even over here saying that i'm the greatest thing in the world you know what i mean like i have a lot to learn still i have i'm always learning i'm i'm always trying to find out new techniques more and like better myself my engineering and shit but at the same time like i do know what uh what i can do and yeah. what it
0: takes to get to where you are
1: exactly it's very obvious to me that People will come to me. Even this kid right here, he said he was working with other people up in New York and shit. And he said, uh, he immediately he's like, oh, yo, this guy's the truth, yo. It's like ten, fifteen seconds into the session, literally, he's like, yo, this, is, he, he's mixing stuff already. Like he's the truth. Like you could just tell people, people. They tell me all the time. I had another guy too. He said he he asked me to send him all the sessions um that we did in Philly because now I'm I'm down here. He's like, yeah, I want to go to another engineer and just finish up these songs that we we didn't get to finish or whatever. I was like, yeah, cool. So I send him the files. He was just like, oh, word. <laughs> I told him I sent those over, but he's like, I right, bet I'm gonna finish them up. Two three days later, he literally texts me back on Instagram. He hits me in the DM. He's like, bro. He's like you really he's like you really dipped out on us bro like i go to these other engineers and they're just ass they don't make me sound like you did like this and that and it's just like at the end of the day i always say it's like it really depends on the the vibe and the connection that you have with the artist too it's like cuz if i'm not comfortable with the with with the session going on i'm not going to be able to make my best work
0: no I, I totally and that's why like when i when i talk to people like even before my show i kind of have the same mindset where you know like i text you today i'm like hey man like no worries like grab something to eat before you get down like i totally know you just got done with a session like smoke a bowl relax like don't come in like feeling high strung you know what i mean like i don't want you coming in feeling stressed like you gotta fuck it like you know, you told me, you're like, well, I'm not sure about the entertainment value. I'm like, that's up to me. Don't worry about that. Like, just come on. Like I can pick your brain. I can get all that stuff out of you. And you know, like I want my people who come on the show to be super comfortable. I've had times where I talked to, um, where I talked to like, uh, who was it i had like a buddy where i was like hey man grab a drink i was like just get a drink or two and let me know when you're done with your second drink and then we'll start recording yeah. and he'll text me when i'm done with that i'm like just you know get loose like don't feel uptight about it and you know um, like let's just kind of see where it goes so it, it's um I, I totally understand that mindset and i agree with it 100 percent. i think it's you got to be able to have that um that, uh, relaxed state and not uptight where, you know, you feel like you're thinking about it. You want to be free flowing.
1: It needs to be free flowing. Exactly. And it's like, yo, that's the biggest thing that's like, I, I'm literally going to keep on coming back to it about recording it in in, at home and stuff like that. It's like, like I said, if you're not, if, if the artist isn't comfortable, whether that be because the engineer is looking at him a, a weird way or something, maybe he's up there like, dude, you <laughs> If you got – if people could hear what Young Thug sounds like before you actually hear what Young Thug sounds like, you would absolutely – like, you you would hate it. I promise you. Travis Scott, (laughs) same thing. Like, if you heard Travis Scott completely raw, no processing on it or anything – I'm not going to say, say it sounds terrible or anything because he's still he's a multi-platinum selling artist and everything, but it sounds a lot different than what, what the, the the public perceives and hears it at the end, final stage, you know? You
0: you hear some of it in his, in that uh, documentary. I watched it as well on Netflix. You hear some of it when he's like in there recording because, you know, what we hear on the record is a lot louder than like when you're actually, when you hear them recording, it's because everything's in his headphones. So... <laughs> you can kind of hear him do his singing Dude, that's um, Real and, quick. Uh, yeah I, you, I
1: fucking um saw this uh post malone interview and when he was he was doing his uh i forget what song it was for kanye west for the life of pablo the the yeah. album. and he was just like yeah man like he's like that's Kanye West out there and I'm in the booth and I'm just scared shitless because I'm, I'm singing. And in my headphones, I have the effects on. And he's like, I had the, I have my reverb, my, my auto tune on it or my pitch correction, everything. So I'm singing and like, he's in the studio and like, I don't think that he hears with the effects on yet. And he's just like, I was just scared shitless because that's Kanye West. And like in my headphones, this sounds fire. But like (laughs) when I take these headphones off, like, I can only imagine what it sounds like. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and Post Malone. And he's he has a good voice. He could sing. Once
0: again, they still use pitch correction on him. And he's stuff. an interesting one, yeah. Post Malone. Yeah. Ha- talk about a w- weird dude and just a weird vibe. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I think he's probably one of the, the sweeter guys you'll ever, pro- I would imagine, come across. Never met him, never talked to him, obviously, or anything like that. But he just seems like a genuine person. But... Yeah. A weird interesting guy man tattooed head to toe and it looks like his life was he, he how he grew up was not an not a, a family or like an environment where that was i don't want to say accepted but like what like what people were <laughs> you know what i mean like he looks like he was like a total white suburban kid who right you know, uh, tattoos were not exactly like frowned upon, but you know, nobody had them and almost like a choir boy.
1: Yeah. For real. Literally. It is. It's, 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 it's crazy. But at the same time, it's like, once you, um, you know, once you get to that point, it's like, he don't got to worry about nothing. Like he yeah. don't, he don't need to worry about tattoos being on his face or anything. And this side and the third, it's like, no, I don't know. I don't have any tattoos on my body right now. I've, I've thought of Do you not want one. I don't know, man. I've thought of doing it before. I just don't know exactly what I would want. I I know for a fact I wouldn't go right to the face or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, for real, like, I'm with that. I'm not. Right? I, I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna get more tattoo, more tattoos. But I am not going to be getting my face tattooed. Yeah. Face, neck, and back. I won't get tattooed. No. Nah. Other yeah. than that, I'll cover anything else. But. I'm not gonna get my face, my my face, neck, or or t- my back. Yeah. They just don't sound interesting or pleasing. But yeah. um, no, I, mean, get, I What?
1: I I don't know. I don't know what exactly I would want, but I would pro. I would start like on the shoulder or something like that, maybe. But I don't know. It's
0: generally I, arm is always the first place anybody goes. I, I went forearm. I mean, yeah. pretty simple, pretty basic.
1: Bro, I I really like like the underside of your forearm. I, I love like forearm tattoos a lot. Like I, I yeah. fuck a lot, but it's just like pfft, shit, man. It's always that anxiety in, in my in me for, for me personally, it's like I just think about waking up the next day and being like, yo, like this is on me for good. And like honestly, i d I'm not one to get anxiety like that too bad or anything. Like I don't I don't usually experience anxiety or anything. Um, but I would I I believe I would probably fuck with it and be like, yo, this shit looks dope. And for the first couple of days, be like, oh, this is dope and everything. But like at one point, I would be like, yo, like this is on me forever. And it's just like, I, like I look down, I'm never seeing my skin again. Like my 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 north. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, man. but I'm I'm probably gonna get one at some point because I don't think it would be like on. So some- here's
0: the thing, though. I. <laughs> Well, I never thought about it like the the not seeing the skin part, because that is true. I There's now on my arm, a good part of my arm where I'm never going to see what my original skin color was like ever again on that arm. I'll never know what that's like. So yeah. that's kind of weird that you told me that. Now I feel weird, but <laughs> that's, that's actually, I've never really thought about it in that simple manner, but um, uh, yeah, that's very true. Man, what was I going to say that tripped me out so hard about it? Um, oh, this is what it was. Now it, it gets to a point though where you don't really notice it for most of the part of your life. Like I've gotten so accustomed to it being there. Like I'll notice it if I really am looking at my arm, or but I'm kind of more specifically looking at my tattoos.
1: it's kind of like it's like okay, somebody who gets glasses for the first time. It's like they right. Look at- weird if you know them without glasses first it looks weird for for the first maybe a couple of weeks when you see them it's like yeah mm-hmm. you know, i'm not used to it yeah but then, like you said it's just it, it's second nature at that point and that's why i say like i don't think i would i would like trip out over it too hard once i had it i'd be like okay like it, you know what i mean it, it right used to it. It exactly
0: just gets that's what i was saying that's why i say is that now i i mean i don't even really notice her there um and i have almost a sleeve on my left arm so it's you know like, it's not like I don't have, I just have a little bit done, a little bit of work done. It's so, yeah. I mean, I like them though, because they kind of like their artwork, they do get to stay on you forever. It's um, artwork.
1: What's the difference between you buying a, a like the, a painting that you hang in your house or the, the art that you put on your body? There's no difference.
0: Yeah. It's, it's and, and mine's there forever. So it's, you know, I get to, I, I don't have the possibility of losing it. You know what I mean? And yeah. And Joe Rogan made a good point too, where he was like, people will be like, well, it's going to look ugly. Like when you're older and he's like, well, your skin's going to look ugly regardless when you're older.
1: <laughs> I should get wrinkly and all saggy anyway. Who cares?
0: I am going to laugh when I'm 78 and I, I have full sleeves, chest hat <laughs> and leg sleeves and I'm like 78 and wrinkly. <laughs> I, I actually think that'll be really funny to be honest
1: at the same time though bro this is the thing i know you're a little older than me but dude the times have changed so much in yeah. just in in my life and like i said it's like in the last like 10 years of my life the um you know what i mean the, the 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 negative
0: type stigma around tattoos gone uh, it's pretty much right, you have you have like the little stuff where it's like you have you have the little stuff where um you know like, no, don't have a neck or face tattoo for corporate business or hand tattoos. Um, you know, I specifically make my tattoos are all where if I wear a long sleeve, you can't see them. Yeah. Um, so... You know, I think there are, there is still some comment, which I think is smart, too. I think you do need. I think, you, you know, I would not want to go into a board meeting and I'm looking at a guy who's got a fucking face tattoo. Like, can you imagine somebody like you're walking into a, a meeting and your manager has a Mike Tyson tattoo? You'd be like, I, I'm, I, what what's going on here? How do I- <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> what's going on
1: here? Absolutely. I feel that 100%. Um,
0: so yeah. I believe that you should have some but I think that's just kind of like, you know, common decency, respect, common, like common decency rules that, you know, you just abide by. But I, I agree. They are, they're not the same thing. My uncle always says, he goes, now it's almost going to be a statement to not have tattoos. And I'm like, I don't know about that, but I see your point. <laughs> I understand what you're saying.
1: Um, I mean, dude, even, even as much as like, because like I got my degree in, in health, uh, health professions. So mm-hmm. That's what you hear a lot is like, I, well, not now, but back in when I was still in high school and stuff. Even like, yeah, like five, six, seven years ago, even it was a little different. It's like, oh, like if you're a nurse or if you're a a doctor or something, like you don't you can't have sleeves or you can't. Now, bro, they, they don't. You could you could have that stuff. It don't no. matter. I mean, well, now like,
0: you have doctors that look like Muay Thai fighters. So it's like
1: <laughs> back in back. Cause my mom is a nurse, so she was in it for a long time. And when I was growing up, when I was still in like elementary, middle school, and type shit like that, yeah, she, she always said that there were people that had started to begin having like arm sleeves and stuff like that. But the doctors, qu- more quote unquote old fashioned type doctors back then, would say, You need to wear a long sleeve shirt and cover those up.
0: Yeah, um, I imagine. I, I like. Well, the whole thing was too Is like you you were like a biker or- a exactly. pr- like you were in a criminal pretty much you were never really you were never really considered like a productive member of society to be honest uh,
1: yeah exactly um now well like I was gonna say nowadays they don't make you wear they they ain't gonna make you wear a a, a long sleeve t shirt to cover that up you know no. as long as it's not obscene like or like you know what i mean like something like bad you know
0: right but, no, get, I agree ain't gonna make you cover that up i agree man
1: and that's just a, um you know like i said probably like a, within seven eight years time span so like what does it get like you said it really like sped
0: up in the last couple because there was still that stigma when i was like in high school which was 2010 so yeah. there were you know what i mean like that was still a, a thing like we had kids get a, a tattoo when we were in high school that was like a big fucking deal like you know there was still a heavy stigma when i was in high school and that was not that long ago and um you know now it's i i would say now everyone just is talking about hey when are you getting your tattoo
1: yeah absolutely yeah
0: well hey man i know we kept well i wanted to keep it we've been going about an hour and a half now um i've think this was a great session i know you were somewhat worried which i was ridiculous you were very knowledgeable i think you are gonna this is gonna be great for people who are maybe starting out want to get some tips yeah. um, you know little insights as to how things work too as well um i really enjoyed this um i would love to have you on again i am going to be in town next week and we're going to record while i'm there and bring all my stuff um have you i imagine you've traveled with before with all your audio stuff can i bring it on carry on or do i have to put it on the plane
1: um you could bring it on carry on but they will uh
0: like put it
1: out out. yeah you need to take it all out and stuff because like i brought when i went to la like i said i brought my um i brought the interface and i brought the mic and they made me like open the mic up and everything. And then they, they made me like take the interface out and shit too. And like all out the box and everything. And I was like,
0: okay. Okay, cool. I okay. okay. I was, I was curious about that. Um, because of that clock potato kid who got in trouble where he like made a potato clock or something like that. And they thought it was like a bomb or some shit. Oh so God. I was like worried.
1: That's basically what? What, that's basically what they said about my, the microphone and shit. Cause like when it went through, I only had it. Um, what happened? I had it like in the, in the, it's like a wooden box. Like it's a microphone. Yeah. And then it went through like the little, you know, the little scanning thing, like whatever. And then they, they, they stopped me at the end. And they're like, all right, you got to come over here. I was just like, yo, what the hell? And then they, uh, they were like, what's this? And I was just like, it's a microphone. Like open it up. And like, they were like hesitant to open the microphone. They're like,
0: hey, Open oh you know, gosh. Box. yeah
1: I'm like, dog, it's a microphone. Like take it. Like, I don't know what you want me to do with it, but like take it out. Yeah. The microphone. Like.
0: Yeah. So that's what I was wondering. I'm going to do that. Cause I want to bring all my stuff out. I have a couple of people who want to like record when I'm out there. Um, uh, so I'm excited. We'll get a couple of sessions, but man, I had a great time doing this. This was, this was honestly a great, uh, you know, uh, this is kind of more of what I want to do with my, uh, my podcast is get people on who, you know, who are more knowledgeable in certain areas and just really kind of pick their brain and, um, let them do their talking, just share their knowledge, what they do have. And, uh, you know, so this was a great episode. I, I thank you for coming on.
1: Um, I appreciate uh, you having me, man.
0: Please give out, please let everybody know, like, you know, give out your contact info. Also, you know, uh, tell them about 2020. And, you for know, sure. Uh, so, please. yeah,
1: we were talking about um, the, the, the whole group thing and stuff. I, I stopped after saying about JC. I left out my man, Joey Allen. So yeah. shout out to Joey Allen real quick. <laughs> he ain't getting left out either but yeah so basically we have like this little it's like a uh, I'd, I'd like to think of it more of like a collective type i mean we do make group music but it's it's a collective and we all do still have our own solo music so it's like uh it's jc it's uh myself pablo and then joey allen and we have a collective that's uh titled 2020 music uh we're on apple music spotify title every platform we have a bunch of stuff we uh, released a single called paranoia probably about a month ago so that's doing well it's on spotify um getting a lot nice. of interna- international attention now like a lot of people from like uh like portugal just a bunch of other places that like it's been popping off a little bit more but yeah um so that's that's basically what's going on i i'm currently like in tampa florida right now i got a studio down here so um, you should hit me up on Instagram at 2020 underscore Pablo or uh, at Vision Sound Studios. That's my studio page. You should go on there. I got a bunch of content on there from artists that I've worked with in the past. Uh, includes some like Dream Chasers artists um, like Meek Mill's label and stuff from Philly. So there's um, uh, shout out Poundside Pop. He he was one of the guys that I worked with back home. He was a real cool guy. Um, he's he's making big moves right now. Millions of views on YouTube and shit. But yeah, so basically that's that's about it. Just wanted to see what's good. Um, check in with my man's choice over here.
0: Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, so we'll probably get this aired in about a uh, about a week. We'll we'll put this out. But uh, please. Uh, thank you guys for stopping by for another episode of Trost Talk. Uh, you guys can subscribe to my channel as well. Uh, I am available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud as well. Um, Pablo, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, I will see you in a week.
1: For sure, y'all. Once again, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All
0: right. Take it easy, man.
1: Be good, y'all.